to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. We're broadcasting live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Let me go and introduce our crew to you guys. If you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, we have uh, all the way from Hollywood, Sergeant Joe Rollerson. No, we just call him Hollywood Joe, but he's not really in Hollywood. And we also have Corporal David D. Gruster. Thanks, guys, for being on the show. Appreciate it. Also, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP, GallsGunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, and we're fueled by Bang Energy today is the star blast is what i'm drinking so good stuff so check it out if you haven't tried a bang lately also uh shout out to brian burns for the free press thanks for carrying our content and huge shout out ray dietrich red voice media at redvoicemedia.com we're streaming the eight locations right now three of those belong to red voice media with about one million followers so thanks for the opportunity guys another uh, a great lineup before i forget let me give a shout out to uh, corporal paul bogart paul humphrey bogart Hey, a lot of us know, uh, actually, I think everybody on the panel knows who uh, Paul is. I saw him last night. He's a big fan of the show. I attended a memorial uh, ceremony for the Tampa Police Department, and uh, and he's a big fan, watches all the shows. So I told him I'd give him a shout out today. Uh, guys, on our lineup, you know, before I, I, I covered the very first one, uh, which is, uh, you know, we have a tendency to go a little bit deeper in the main topics. This one is about the, uh, the um, ban on assault weapons in the state of Washington. But I saw an announcement that Tucker Carlson, he's got a new show coming out on Twitter. So we all know that Elon Musk purchased uh, Twitter recently. So watching for that, they're kind of downplaying the deal because, you know, there's still this thing going on between Tucker and Fox, and he's still under contract, still technically getting paid. But, of course, a lot of stuff going on in the background that's uh, in attempts, it appears, to damage Tucker's, uh, you know, his um, his credibility, really, you know, his credibility and uh, character and all that stuff. So we'll we'll see how it plays out. But the stage is being set for him to uh, to take it to Twitter. And, of course, we're streaming to Twitter. That's one of our locations. So we'll more on that as we get it. So uh, on policetribune.com uh, and going to the state of Washington here, uh, Olympia, Washington, so Washington Governor Jay Inslee signs off on a bill on Tuesday and it immediately outlawing the purchase, importation, and the manufacture of what they are calling assault weapons within the state. Now, you guys, if you guys really know your stuff, you'll know that What's really the definition of an assault weapon? Because really, it's no such thing. But uh, no one, according, here's a quote saying that no one needs an AR-15 to protect your family. This is what Inslee, the governor, is declaring during the signing ceremony. And this was on Fox News. Uh, you only need it to kill other families. So the new ban, it targets more than 50, that's five zero gun models, including AK-47s and AR-15s and guns that are similar in appearance. So that was the Oregonian report of that. So the measure allows for some exception for sales to military and law enforcement agencies. And it also allows gun manufacturers to sell the inventory they already have in stock, but they have to do it before January the 1st of, uh, I guess, I guess they can only, they have to do it prior to the January 1st of uh, the year before, I guess for the next 90 days. Uh, but only if the weapons are sold to people that are out of state, according to KING. So it also does not prohibit citizens who already have these weapons from continuing to possess them. Uh, Inslee signed off on two other gun control bills that were went through on Tuesday. One of them involves the implementation of a 10-day waiting period and training requirement for all gun purchases. So I know that would drive uh, Captain Bartlett crazy. And uh, those requirements go into effect January the 1st of 2024. The third measure provides citizens with the ability to sue firearm manufacturers or retailers of what they're calling irresponsible conduct. And uh, just lastly, 
The governor praised himself, of course. He's praised himself, patting himself on the back in the state legislature for passing the new gun control laws. He says that we lead the country in so many ways, and we're leading on this as well. I'm not sure um, any state has ever taken uh, these three steps in one day. He added that the rest of the nation needs to follow suit. And he said, I guess they're, they're saying now in the article that nine other states currently have similar bans, according to KING. That's what we have. Commentary, guys. Uh, what do you think? Is this something that's going to be going to, I guess, try to catch on around the country or maybe just in uh, in uh, in blue states? What do you guys think? Uh, Joe, you want to start us off? Yeah, the uh, the thing I'm looking at is he, it, this is a, a state law and uh, under the Constitution, clearly you can carry a weapon. Uh, so he's violating the Constitution to begin with. So there, there's going to be some serious lawsuits against this. And, uh, you know, we have we have some really strict laws all over the United States uh, for murder, for rape, for robbery. But it doesn't deter or deter uh, the criminals from committing murder, even though they know they can get the death penalty. So by enacting these laws, uh, it's it's a knee jerk reaction. If, if they were really serious about the crime problems and these uh, mass killings, they would look at the suspects. Almost every one of these suspects today, they, uh, they're on Twitter, they're on all these accounts. Uh, they want to be seen and they know that they're going to get notoriety when they go out there and commit these crimes. The first thing we do is uh, the news media puts their names out. You don't even know the victims' names. But uh, he, um, all he's going to do is embolden the criminal because they, they don't care if the law is, uh, you can't have a weapon of this type. That they, They're gonna go to the black market, people are gonna have them. And um, it's just going to, again, here we, here, here we go. I mean, here we go again. We're endangering the citizens and we're taking weapons from them to protect themselves. Yeah, good point. And, and yeah. David, on Joe's point, you know, if I was a criminal, a bad guy, I would care from the aspect that Hey, this is great because I know that I'm going up against citizens that who are obeying the law. They're not going to have an AR-15, AK-47, right. or whatever to uh, to neutralize me when I'm doing bad things to them. I think that's called Portland, but I don't know. <laughs> well, you look, or at, you look Seattle at, or Seattle, well, you, one or the other. The the crime rates are out of control in these cities, and they're trying to ban the weapons. And by doing that, like Chip said, and I was going, I kind of forgot about it, but what I'm saying, what Chip is saying is that this just the criminals know, okay, uh, if you're a law abiding citizen, yeah, you're going to, you're going to go, okay, I can't buy the gun. But if you're a bad guy, you don't care. You don't care. You could care less if you're going to jail. And the last thing you're thinking about is there's a law that says you can't have this gun. Yeah. The, 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 to Joe, to Joe's point, there's, the lawsuits were filed immediately upon him signing this bill mm-hmm. or this law in in the on the state level, um, you know. And of course, as as always, they're uh, cocky and confident that oh, our bill is going to withstand all these legal challenges. It's already lost. They already have you know precedents set from the Supreme Court saying that you know the AR-15, not an automatic rifle, it's Armalite, uh, the fifteenth generation. Um, they They've already determined that it's a commonly possessed uh, uh, firearm in, in the United States. So it falls directly into the, you know, the Brewer decisions and, and all those that occurred already. So, again, it's you see all these states doing it and they, they're all losing. So it's just a matter of it, I believe, working itself through the court and uh, and getting stuffed. So there well, the, other thing, the other thing, they're running businesses out of their out of their state too. Um, 
But are they going to outlaw knives? I mean, how many people get killed by knives? How many people get killed by cars? Like the guy the other day took a car and ran over, what, 15, 20 immigrants at the border and killed 10 of them. Are we going to outlaw vans now and cars because they're used to kill people? It, it's not the it's not the weapon. It's the individuals. And usually these individuals that are committing these crimes with these weapons, they usually have long histories of mental disorder or already they've, they've already been in the criminal justice system. And we don't address that. We're letting them back out. Yeah. The, and one little one little piece of this legislation also either allows or makes it easier or puts in place a system so that citizens can or someone people can sue the gun manufacturer for irresponsible behavior. We talked about this before. Uh, it's another angle they want to try to use to suppress, uh, you know, weapons manufacturers and, and the sale of, of weapons in their jurisdictions. And I have to sit there and say to myself, OK, are you going to are you going to sue? Are you going to make it equally accessible and uh, give people the ability to sue Ford or Chevy when the advertisements for the, you know, the Roush Mustang or the, you know, a Chevy Camaro or whatnot that comes out showing it on, a, you know, in the little teeny letters at the bottom, you know, this is a professional on a closed track. You shouldn't do this. And the guys, you know, drifting down this, this road in the, in the Mustang and, and you, do you think 15 and 16 year olds, seeing that commercial aren't being unduly influenced, are they, okay, why aren't we suing Ford then? It's the exact same thing, but it's selective as usual with um, Democrats or liberals or the far left, whatever you want to call them, um, that that's how they play that game. It's, it's, a, it's a politically driven issue. That's all it is. It's got nothing to do with public safety. It's got nothing to do with anything other than politics. I'll tell you, it, it's I find humor in, in knowing that the governor's patting himself on the back as well as the legislators because they, the the lack of intelligence it takes to believe that you're doing something that's actually going to make a difference other than taking the guns out of the hands of law-abiding citizens, which they need to protect themselves. It's just it's just so asinine, and they're so proud of themselves, and they just well, don't get it. And The thing about know, it is, uh, Chip— Chip, I mean, we never had these mass shootings when we were kids or when we were in our 20s, 30s, 40s. We didn't hear this. All of a sudden, you got mass shootings every day. And it's these individuals, they know they're getting attention for it. And uh, they, they're just sick people, most of them, when you look at them. And the news media, they just love it. They love to put that out there. And now, you know, now the gun manufacturers are the problem. But yeah. it's really our society. Well, we'll keep we'll keep beat, beating it. I mean, they're getting beat with a stupid stick, so we'll beat them with another stick from this angle, and we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, moving along, and look, this is a story we've we've covered, but there's an update, and plus we have David on the show, and and you guys will find out very quickly, you know, why why I want to cover this um, again, but because uh, because David is on the show uh, on PoliceTribune.com, they have a title, the article, Manhattan DA likely to convene a grand jury for the fatal chokehold after protests shut down a subway. So what they're implying in the headline of the article is that there is pressure from the general public. Um, and I shouldn't say the general public, from a, probably a small minority they don't understand uh, to prosecute this, this former Marine. But stick with us, guys. Good stuff coming up. Commercial break. We'll be right back. Now, Motion DSP, they've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years for the robust suite of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. 
The Motion DSP software is easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise, and you can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automated tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters to achieving results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight is built specifically for redaction. It's designed to work with video from any camera source, and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, and it saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame -frame redaction and forensic and uh, you know forensic enhancement software that allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super-resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail, and you can actually get forensically valid evidence for low-quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products by going to motiondsp.com. And welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We are live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So we left off talking about an ex-Marine that's about to get jammed up. On policetribune.com, it talks about the Manhattan District Attorney is likely to convene a grand jury uh, for a fatal. They're calling it a chokehold. I watched the video. I'm convinced that it was no way, shape, or form a chokehold. And they're doing this after there have been protests that shut down the subway. So prosecutors um, convening this grand jury, um, they're supposed to do this next week to consider charges against the veteran who put an agitated homeless man in a fatal chokehold. I'm just reading the article. Um, last week, after protests disrupted the subway system and prevented commuters from going to work. It goes on to say that law enforcement sources told the New York Post that a Manhattan grand jury could see evidence in the case as early as next week. Now, it was the New York City subway F, uh, F train, Jordan Neely. Uh, he was the Michael Jackson impersonator uh, that got um, that died in this incident, the one that was kind of going uh, going crazy on people. We have Juan Alberto Vasquez. He's the freelance journalist that filmed this uh, thing going on. And uh, they have not released the name of the uh, veteran, the uh, former Marine that put the guy in what I believe was a carotid restraint. Um, now, there are questions over... Um, how maybe it was applied, uh, you know, because if you hold it forever, you know, without the, the, you know, if you, if you deprive the brain of, of blood and oxygen, you know, for too long, you're going to have brain damage or death. And I know that the bad guy was moving around a, a lot. I never saw him go still David, you know, after that 22nd mark, which is what, you know, what we typically experience when we apply it. But, uh, uh, any commentary and David, you're on the show. So if there's any expertise you could add, uh, due yeah. to your, your experience. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say expertise, but you know, this is this is the the story here is more about um, citizen intervention than it is the type of intervention. It, it wouldn't have mattered if 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 he had you know hit the guy with a broomstick from behind or a chair or uh, if he was a a legal firearm you know carrier and took action against him, believing that he was going to you know seriously hurt someone. Um, it. it that's what the story is about. It's it's civilian or, um, you know, a, a non-law enforcement person intervening in an in, in action, uh, what he believes to be a criminal action against other uh, civilians or citizens in a given jurisdiction. That's what the story is. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the media being able to sensationalize, you know, it was a chokehold, an illegal chokehold. Well, it's, it's only illegal for law enforcement. It's got, it's got nothing to do with a citizen. A citizen can do anything, pick up a chair, do whatever they want to to subdue a criminal. So it's the story is about the citizen in intervention and what the other citizens in New York have to say about it, if it's going to be okay. Remember years and years ago, what was his name? Getz, 
Bernard Getz in the New York subway system shot. Uh, I don't, I can't remember if he killed, but he shot two or three um, known thieves and robbers and whatnot. And he got accosted in the, in the, in the subway system. And it was, it was one of those watershed moments where people finally said, yeah, we've had enough. We'll see what happens in this case. His intention, when you use these types of, of restraints, your intention is, your intention is not to kill. Can it kill? Can it cause death? Yes. Um, but the intent is not there. So this is going to be an interesting case to see whether or not it, he, they get any traction with the grand jury and whether the grand jury being made up of citizens of that jurisdiction are going to go, yeah, this guy's got a, you know, he's a, an obvious problem that has never been addressed by the police. And finally, he put, he pushed the wrong person, threatened the wrong people, attacked the wrong people. And he, and he, and he got, I don't want to say what he deserved, but he, he, he was, it was responded to in such a way that cost him his life. That's what the story is. The methodology, not the story. That's just being sensationalized by the press because, oh, oh chokehold, <laughs> nothing. Well, Start here again, down. here again, I agree with you, Dave, 100 uh, percent. Here again, we have a group of individuals that's pressuring Alvin Bragg to bring charges against this uh, against this ex-Marine. And his name actually is Penny. His last name is Penny. And he's a decorated, highly decorated Marine um, uh, veteran, which uh, I applaud him for his service. Um this guy has been arrested 41 times, 41 times. Uh, his whole life is to get on the, the train and irritate and, uh, and well, he performs, but also he irritates and uh, he harasses people on the train. And he's been arrested for it. He's been arrested for uh, assaulting people and this, that, and the other. But my question is, you've got all these people, hundreds and hundreds of them now want justice for this guy. Obviously, he had mental issues. They, he's been in the mental, uh, he, he's been Baker acted a few times from what I understand. Uh, where were all these people before? Why weren't they out there trying to help him now? Now they want justice for this guy. When you've got a highly decorated Marine, uh, good citizen, uh, and now they want to put this guy in jail for possibly manslaughter or something. Uh, I, I don't get it. These people, uh, and, and then Alvin Bragg, he's, he's going to bow down to the public opinion because that's what they're doing there. And the other thing is they've cut law enforcement on the trains so much that citizens are having to protect themselves again. And uh, I, I feel that he's not going to get convicted. There's no way this man can get, get convicted. He, he might get convicted in New York, but if it, there's an appeal, uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll win his appeal because he was interacting and trying to prevent someone from being injured from this guy. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Good commentary. Hey, uh, moving along, we've got uh, about a minute before our next commercial break. I'm going to want the appetites of this next one. So let's uh, let's hop on to Rumble. And, of course, the channel is This Is Butter. Now, Joe, if you don't mind uh, muting your mic for me, I'm getting some background noise. But uh, This Is Butter, I think it's the best law enforcement video channel out there. Body cam footage shows moments officer was shot by a man at Baptist Medical Center South. Front block, front block. Oh, fuck you. Oh, the fucking car. Yeah. Got something in 
So look for radio and podcast sisters. We're describing great ge- detail what's going on so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. So four newly released body cam videos shared by the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. They showed the events that unfolded when an officer was shot outside the Baptist Medical Center South in April. So this incident starts off when we have an off-duty cop. He notices that there's a vehicle driving through the hospital parking lot suspiciously. So the officer attempts to stop the car, but Jeffrey Martin, and he's identified as the shooter, this guy keeps driving. So I think it's fairly safe to say that we can call this guy, Jeffrey Martin, the bad guy in the story. Look, stick with us. The story's about to get very interesting. Commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys, you know, it's time to talk about Galls at Galls.com slash Leo. Hopefully Corporal David can help me out with this one. You know, Galls, they are the country's leading uniform clothing equipment and gear provider for law enforcement. They have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights all the way down to duty belts and tactical gear. And as Corporal Bartlett always says, uh, and he's a panelist on the show, you know, they pretty much have everything but guns and ammunition. You know, guys, you should check them out at Galls.com slash Leo. And, uh, you know, they've got some, uh, yeah, 511 tactical gear. They've got just a ton of offerings. Now, you notice I said uniform and clothing equipment gear provider. And, you know, they're a clothing equipment gear provider for law enforcement. At Tampa Police Department, my old agency, they have an office right there. And we've dumped two other uniform agencies to go with Gauls. They're doing a jam-up job from what I understand. So, again, check them out at Gauls.com slash Leo. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, MyMedicare.Live. Okay, guys, welcome back to Leo Roundtable, the law enforcement talk show live from the Boss Hog Studios in Florida. So uh, we left off, and there's a body cam footage that shows the moments an officer was shot by a man at a Baptist Medical Center South. So and this is all, you know, just just released uh, body cam stuff. And again, for our radio podcast sisters, we're describing great detail what's going on so you're not missing out. So it starts off, we have that off-duty cop. He sees a vehicle driving through a hospital parking lot, but it's acting suspicious. The driver um, or the officer attempts to stop the car, uh, but our bad guy, Jeffrey Martin, uh, he keeps driving. So in one clip, and it's a Chevy Impala, so the white Chevy Impala that Martin, our bad guy, is driving, it approaches an officer who tells him repeatedly to stop the car. Martin, our bad guy, refuses. He yells, and uh, he yells out, shoot it, shoot it, according to the video. And uh, then the officers heard yelling, he's got a zero, which means, uh, you know, he's 10 zero. He's got a gun on him multiple times. And then you hear a shot. And so the second clip shows the officer driving in the parking lot and a radio call was made as police are, ser- are searching for Jeffrey. But Jeffrey was not trying to evade the police. Instead, he's actually trying to engage them. So Jeffrey, he rams in the two officers cruisers and then an officer hits Jeffrey's car from behind. You see that. And uh, he gets out of the car with a gun drawn. You can hear a shot. And then the officer fires numerous times in the Jeffrey's car. I think he even does the mag change. And, and, and then the third clip is shown when the officer who was hit. And uh, he approaches Martin's car after it stopped. The camera catches a flash from Martin, uh, uh, Martin's shot. And then the wounded officer staggers backward and he falls to his knees. You can hear the officer saying, uh, I've been shot. I've been shot in the throat. 
and another another officer comes to administer uh, you know first aid to the injured officer. And the video also includes photos of the damaged police cars, Martin's handgun, and AK-47 with more than 90 rounds of ammunition that was inside the car. So um, that's what we have. Looking for commentary on that, guys. There's a lot. It's a lot going on, especially with all the the, the videos, David. Yeah, tons going on. I, I, you know, you. The beginning of it, I, I focused on the the takedown of the bad guy mostly. The the beginning parts where you know you have an officer approaching a suspicious vehicle. We know how these things go. It's it's at night. You're you know you're on a an extra duty job at a hospital, which is not uncommon. And you get a car driving around the parking lot. And, you know what's this guy doing? Does he need help? Is he lost? You know it's kind of suspicious. But it's a hospital, so you're thinking, you know, you're you're not maybe not at that yellow alert level, and all of a sudden the guy starts shooting at you. Guy didn't engage the AK and really start doing damage in the parking lot. Then you see the chaos, or what I like like to call the the half controlled chaos of the police response. You know, something like that goes down and everybody's coming. I mean, you shake the radio and cops are falling out. So you hear cops trying to get more information. You know, what was the what was the description? What was the car? What was this? And you can hear the radio traffic in the background. And everybody's trying to give information, get information, respond effectively. And but but yet with all that, there is still that only half controlled chaos as they're trying to get there to control that scene. The one cop comes up on the car, sees it, makes contact. I like it. He pushes the guy into the curb. At this point, you can tell the intent is, this guy's not leaving this spot. I'm not going to allow it to happen. And as the other cops converge, you see the problem with that only partially controlled chaos because you've immediately got crossfire issues. You've immediately got police cars or police vehicles in the distance that are downrange from the initial officer's response to the back of the vehicle. But at, but at this point, a lot of that caution is being thrown to the wind because we have an issue that we're going to deal with right now. Cop, ex, cop dismounts. He sees the guy. He sees the gun. The, another shot goes off from inside the car. Yeah, no, we're not playing this anymore. And he puts a nice little pattern, a very controlled uh, pattern into, the, into that uh, window on the driver's side, right behind at a nice angle to that into that driver's side seat and does the job. Backs off, reloads, comes back up. The guy's still moving. He starts shooting again. Good for him. Um, ended it right there. That was his primary focus, and he accomplished that. So congratulations to him for for staying in that pocket and doing that job. Um, I'm, you know, you at, at that point, you hope that other officers responding to the scene are doing so as safely as possible. But yet when these sort of things go down and Joe, he can back me up on this. It, it is somewhat of a controlled chaos on, on responses like this. It's unfortunate, but it's the reality. Thanks. Excellent. Thanks, David. Hey, um, we got another one coming up. That's very, very similar to that. So, um, let's go ahead and talk. It's got a video component. So again, for our radio and podcast sisters, we'll describe great detail what's going on. Back on Rumble, this is Butter. We're still on Columbus Police. They released body cam videos showing police responding to short north gunfire.
So more than 48 hours after a chaotic shooting spree in Columbus. And look, man, there's people in this one everywhere, right? So uh, Columbus Short North, it's a, uh, I guess the city division of police has not yet said whether any of the 10 people uh, shot, yeah, 10 people shot were hit by police gunfire. Apparently uh, that's a concern of the, the, at least the people that wrote the article. Uh, Chief Elaine Bryant called the early Saturday morning shooting in the Short North an explosion of gunfire. Some of the 10 known shooting victims who range in age from 18 to 27 years of age, they drove themselves to the hospital. 11 guns were found at the crime scene. Imagine that. They found 11 guns at the crime scene. So two separate incidents, apparently unrelated to each other, occurred in the short north, and they were only separated by about seven minutes in time in several blocks. So officers uh, had gone around 2 o'clock or 2.30 in the morning on Saturday after getting a report of a shooting, and while they're on the scene, more gunshots were heard a few blocks north. So Columbus police officer Carl Harmon and officer Jacob uh, Vilas, uh, they uh, walk up towards a group of people, and this is all in video, where there is an argument going on, and one woman's pulling another woman's hair. So, of course, you know. So the officers uh, began efforts to break up the argument in front of uh, the uh, United Dairy Farmer store. So a few moments after that, all of a sudden, gunfire erupts. You hear it on the video. It prompts a citywide emergency with officers responding from uh, all the other Columbus precincts in the area. Officers Harmon and Bayless, uh, they immediately run towards the gunfire, and they ran towards the subject. So the body cam shows officers moving towards a gunman that was uh, down in front of Roaming Goat Coffee. They got these cool names down there. So the video shows one of the officers kicking the handgun away from the man who's bleeding heavily at this point. And the 20-year-old was handcuffed in critical condition. And Ohio BCI is leading the investigation into that. And uh, and talk about chaos and all the moving parts. By moving parts, I mean, I'm not talking just about cops. I'm talking about the the civilians with the the backdrop. And and yeah, you've got to be, you've got to account for every bullet. And when you're shoot, and if you miss the 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 likelihood. Of the hitting of an innocent, wow! And, and all the victims, all the guns, wow! What a lot going on, uh, guys. What do you think? Uh, I watched the video, and I, I was just amazed. Um, looks like a beautiful place to go down, have a nice evening with your girlfriend, your wife. Kind of like uh, the, the and, I'm and, thinking the Manila the Manila Lounge. I think yeah, is what yeah. you're thinking about, right? Right, Joe? Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and if Dave, he's probably going down with his boyfriend, but uh, there's no nothing wrong with that. <laughs> But uh, I'm watching this, and these cops, it appears they're working there or they're off duty. And all of a sudden, you hear this gunfire erupt. It sounds like the wild, wild west. And I applaud them for running towards the gunfire. Uh, These guys need to be applauded because obviously this was all uh, gang-related or the girlfriend was causing these guys to cause a problem. But... uh, I'm just amazed more people didn't get shot, but man, there was gunfire going everywhere and it's a shame, but uh, here, here we go again. You know, it's uh, gang related. I'm, I'm absolutely sure that's what that would be, but I'm just glad the, the cops reacted extremely well. They, they, they neutralized the situation and, and, and got everything under control pretty quick uh, or more people would have probably been shot and killed. Joe, I, I don't, David, I don't know if Joe's on to something. I, I don't think so. I think, you know, it started with the, the females, the hair pulling. And once she got the other girls weave, it started after the weave, the weave, the weave came out. I'm telling you. Who, who cares? Um, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the takeaways from this were that you had two cops 
addressing 11 firearms. So there were, you know, that if, we know if, of. One or, if one or two people had two guns, all right, but you're talking about a dozen people, a dozen armed gang mem- members who, when they saw it all go to crap, started dumping their guns onto the street and running, or they were shooting, dropped their guns and ran, whatever the case may be, because a a, 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 con- a legal concealed firearm carrier is not going to do that. Uh, the serial number on the gun is going to trace it right back to them. So you're not going to do that. You're going to keep your gun. You're going to stay in a position of defense and you're going to defend yourself. And then you're going to sit still. So the people that dumped their guns and ran, as Joe said, undoubtedly criminals or gang, or gang members. This reminds me of, you know, lovely Ybor City here in Tampa when Thursday, Friday nights, when it used to go off, they had to fence the place in. They finally closed the whole thing down and they don't allow it anymore, that sort of street activity, which is where Columbus is going to need to go to with stuff stuff like this. You guys enjoy. Thanks, Dave. All right, guys, another commercial break. We'll be right back. You know, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning and they've made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and it's the only company to offer a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a a safe and accurate and a competent certified firearm specialist like our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett. They provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is actually approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that Leo's law enforcement officers need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start the day with online training or you can attend a live seminar and you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at absolutely no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. Hey, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios, you know. I'm sitting here on commercial break. I'm here with producer Jimmy uh, over to my left here. And uh, Jimmy's right. got this uh, fan club, these girls that are coming up. You know, I'm looking out the window here. And it's, I'm trying, we're trying not to be distracted, Jimmy, aren't we? It's difficult sometimes. Doing the best know? we can, yeah. yeah. I mean, when they're holding up signs for Jimmy and their phone numbers and stuff, you know, it's just it's just embarrassing, Jimmy. It's just embarrassing that you get all the attention. And, well, know? what can I say? It's that voice. They hear that voice and they they want to they come see the real thing. So, but look, uh, talking about this, this, uh, the shooting with these uh, these guns, near about a dozen guns, and that's just the ones that we know of, David, that were armed. I mean, who knows how many guns and bad guys were out there these cops were encountering? Wow. Yeah, yeah. You talk about chaos. You know, you you go into a scenario like that, and and I don't know how do you write the rules for that one? How do you write the tactics for that one? Um, you you don't. It's that's that's truly scary because you have that's a complete shock as to walking into something like that or, or running it. You're running down the street, you hear shots, you're, you're responding to that location. You're expecting, you know, a gunman that's involved in a shooting, a robbery, a a homicide, whatever. And then you walk into this thing where you see cops looking around, realizing, Oh crap, there's a bunch of people with guns here. (laughs) I mean, and you see, as they're walking up on the one guy on the sidewalk that, that they, that they have engaged and put down, all of a sudden they look down the sidewalk and one of the officers has to take his eyes off this bad guy and bring him up to this guy, bad guy that's down the sidewalk to deal with him and get him on the ground. It was, you know, now you're, wow, it's, I'm glad none of the cops were hurt. 
the 10 people that were shot, I think. Wow. Perhaps you'll start linking some guns to people. At <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. You know, that's that's what I'm thinking is the strategy should be. You find some dude the size of like Rick Cimitelli or Richie Politano. You know, I'm thinking like a moving human shield, you know, but, you know, they're friendly until they find out that you're using them as a shield, you know, but uh, but that's what I'm thinking. Well, I see. I, I got a small short enough, on that one. You're you're small enough and short enough to pull that off, Chip. Oh, ouch. hey, Jimmy, don't encourage. You know, when, when producer Jimmy does that, he just encourages you just encourage David to, to keep saying stuff like that. Oh, they, I'm I'm losing. I'm losing this. OK, I'm losing traction. I got to recover quick. Joe, help me out. Well, first of all, I, I, I just heard Jimmy's voice and it got me excited, too. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> now you're encouraging I, Jimmy. Oh. I don't know what to say after that. Um, anyway, that's all I had to say. <laughs> that's all. That's it. You flushed him. That's you flushed him, Jimmy. All right. Well, look, we'll move. We'll move on to our, our next one. We got plenty of good stuff here, guys. There's no. There's no. Uh, there's no shortage. Okay. Who is that? Who flushed? Who flushed that commode? I know. Well, you said I flushed him. Yeah. Oh gosh. So on LeoAffairs.com, we have an officer in a hot seat for interfering with an arrest of her drug dealer boyfriend. I know. I'm not making it up. And where else? But we're in New York, NYPD. So. Female police officer, NYPD, under investigation for allegedly, now I got to say allegedly, interfering in an arrest of her alleged drug dealer boyfriend. So we have we have two alleged Lees in the same sentence, all right? So you know it's got to be serious, right? So uh, Elisa, and it's, it's some weird last name, but she's a member of the NYPD Bronx Precinct Robbery Squad and reportedly made quite a scene during a traffic stop that happened over the weekend. So she reported, uh, reportedly, uh, I guess caused a ruckus during a traffic stop and they had to call for backup officers uh, to the location. So the female officer reportedly meets her boyfriend at the gym. They both are gym nuts and uh, they have the, it says they have the bodybuilding lifestyle. So I'm, I'm sure they spend some time in the gym together. Narcot- Narcotics had apparently been watching him, her boyfriend. So one day they end up pulling him over and they didn't know who she was until she steps up and said that, you know, announced herself, identified herself. She jumped out, got involved. And uh, she definitely gave them a hard time, according to one source. They called for backup. And he's really a bad guy and known to the department, um, as, according to the article. Despite being warned by her colleagues to stay away from the guy, uh, the female officer uh, apparently did not follow the recommendations of colleagues. According to the New York Post, the officer has since been assigned to desk duty. And uh, here's a quote saying they ended up letting them go, but they, uh, they dropped a long uh, – internal affairs complaint on her basically and the source said that they uh, tell you from day one that you should not consort with known criminals i can vouch for that uh, this person eventually is going to use you as a get out of jail card and apparently that's what the source is saying happened in this case so the female denied any wrongdoing on the part of her boyfriend and she said that hey there's certain things i'm uh, not allowed to speak on as per the department but the alleged drug dealer that's not under investigation he's not a drug dealer this is a that's quote from her, uh, alleged, allegedly. That's what we have. Um, yeah, guys, uh, nothing will get you jammed up quicker um, than uh, than hanging out with a convicted felon or maybe someone that's being investigated for for uh, for drugs that can ruin. That could be a career ender. Uh, guys, you both have your mics open. Go ahead. Um, I'll go first. I'm kind of wondering because I understand they're bodybuilders. They're really into the gym scene and everything. And I kind of wonder if this wasn't uh, related to him selling steroids 
And also, could it be a little roid rage there, too? Um, never know. I don't, I don't know what they were investigating for as far as a drug dealer, but obviously selling illicit uh, you know, steroids and Dynaball and stuff like that. Maybe that's what he was involved in. But I, I you know, being on uh, in a supervisory position and having officers that used to hang out with guys that uh, were, you know, maybe a little suspicious. It, it was hard to, uh, it, it, it wasn't hard to enforce, but you had to, you know, make them known, make it known to them that, hey, guy, you can't be hanging out with these dudes because once they commit a crime, they're going to drop your name. You're going to get in the middle of this and uh, you're going to you're going to lose your career because this guy is a dirtbag. And uh, you just you just can't do it. And if she wants to hang out with this guy, then she needs to find a different career. Just just as simple as that. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, I know how to solve this. You <laughs> lower you lower the hiring standards across the board everywhere in, in the nation. That that's that's their answer. Right. Just yeah, lower, absolutely. lower yeah. hiring standards. And that, that'll solve it. Yeah. Well, that's what's uh, going on. Here. Yeah. yeah. All right. Got so, guys, look, let's cover um, – I'm going to try to get the two videos real quick. I know we got two and a half minutes. The first one, Rumble.com, this is better again. It's that uh, uh, Salasaw police captain. He stops a vehicle in a high-speed chase from running into a festival crowd. This guy takes this guy head on, survives. He does the right thing. And of all things, he's a captain, Captain John Weber. And he had an officer with him, uh, Wesley uh, McGirt, as well. Charles, I'm going to ram him if he makes it this far. Back on out. I'm fixing to take the lead. I got lead. Uh, I'm going to shut it down. And it was the Diamond Days Festival. Um, you know, Jesse Madsen, we worked with uh, Jesse Madsen and did not. I attended the memorial cer ceremony. We read his name on the wall. Because he did not survive doing the same thing, and there's a video of this. It's 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 wow. This guy had stones. I I think it's a perfect use for a police captain. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> <Just laughing. laughs> wow. But, yeah, because but a sergeant or a corporal would never have done that. That that that's, see, that's a total waste of manpower. There, you're you're taking a guy off the street, but a captain, yeah, throw him out there. It's, oh, it's a great guys are great brutal. Speed bump. <laughs> okay, okay. Police one TSA K9 handler being relieved of his duties. Viral video. He's he's uh he's being uh he's being nasty to the dog in the terminal. We don't know the whole story, but video has surfaced on the internet, which allegedly shows a TSA agent mishandling a security dog while at the airport. Commentary on that. Well, it, I didn't I did not watch the video because I, I I'm just not going to do that because that would cause me to have to look this guy up. Um. It, it, it's it's I love it's, David. Uh, That's why I it's, love David. It's on. It's it's. Yeah, he shouldn't be there. He, he shouldn't be in that position. If you don't have the temperament for it, you shouldn't be in that position. Take the dog away from him immediately. Relieve him of his duties and any other um, disciplinary action that needs to take place. Please do. Well, I watched the video and I felt that uh, they ought to put a leash around him and jerk him, <laughs> jerk jerk his rear end around a couple of times like that, because uh, that poor dog, I uh, there was no sense in that. They should uh, actually have arrested him for, uh, you know, abusing that animal. That, that was ridiculous. And he might have been trying to train that dog, but that's not how you train these uh, canine, uh, canine uh, dogs. Uh, and that was just brutal. I watched it, and I was very upset about it. 
and it, it wasn't it's it wasn't a uh, a shepherd, right? It was a it was a sniffy dog, Correct. a sniffy dog. Yeah, it was just a uh, dog that sniffed drugs. Was it like a because I like I said I, I refused to watch it because I just I'd have to look him up. But anyways, it was yeah that that that's even a softer dog you're dealing with. So it's to put that kind of pressure on it is just no, that's it, that's crazy, bad. Well, well, thanks guys. Hey, uh, we're out of time, but but uh, but great show. Um, hey, I want to say bye to talk- Paul Bogart. There you go. Hey, uh, I want to take this time to mention, uh, you know, Lieutenant Randy Sutton. He retired from Las Vegas Metro Police Department. He's got the Wounded Blue at thewoundedblue.org. And look, a fantastic organization. They help cops out there in a world of hurt, suffer from things like PTSD, uh, medical issues that their agencies aren't covering them for. Or maybe their agency does not even offer uh, medical uh, retirement outs, like a, like a, a pensionable uh, disability retirement. So, look, uh, they're doing God's work at the Wounded Blue. Dot org. So please check them out. Uh, maybe even uh, donate some of your time if you've uh, been a been diagnosed with PTSD and and got some great treatment. You want to help other people out, and they got a cool store as well. And and and, and we do too at LeoRoundtable.com. A shout out to our sponsors: Motion DSP, GallsGunner.com, MyMedicare.Live, and Bang Energy. Thanks for the fuel. Also, Ray Dietrich. Thanks so much for Red Voice Media uh, letting us uh, borrow one million of your followers. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week, guys. Thank you.